If you're affected by anything discussed on this podcast or you just want to talk, please reach out to someone for help and support. You can also reach out to ManBlues via email at manblues at gmx.com, at manbluesuk on Twitter, or find us on Mastodon by searching for at manblues. We're not qualified to help, but we can listen. Please don't suffer in silence. I'm Leon Deggs, and I have Man Blues. This week's episode is... I could have been a contender! I could have been a contender. What on earth do I mean by that? Well, if you don't know the film, and you don't know the phrase that that's from, essentially what the phrase, I could have been a contender, encapsulates is the belief that you could have been a somebody, you could have been a finisher, you could have been a finalist, you could have been a winner, you could have been anything in any walk of life, that you could have been the best at that and achieved the pinnacle of whatever it is you're trying to achieve. I think the original quote came from a raging bull, I believe. I mean, I'm happy to have that counter proven if you want to get in touch and remind me where it was actually from, that's cool. But we've all done that thing at some point where we've been involved in something and we've done really, really well compared to those around us. And you get that feeling of, do you know what? I could have, I could have made something of my life if I'd have done more of this. I mean, the classic example, certainly in the UK, is when you play five-a-side football, soccer to the Americans. But when you play five-a-side football, you sometimes can pull off a shot or a tackle or a move that is reminiscent of what you see on the pitch every day being done by the professionals. And you get that thought in your head of, oh, do you know what, I could have turned pro if only dot, dot, dot. And I suppose that applies to any sport, really, any kind of competitive arena. And I'm aware I've done an episode already about competitiveness and how I dislike that. But this isn't about being competitive. This is about being successful at something. This is about being good and then, you know, doing well enough in it in your own little sphere, in your own little bubble. And then having that thought of, do you know what, I could have been a professional at this. I could have turned this into a career. I mean, for example, I used to, I haven't played for a while, but I used to play badminton. And I was alright, I wasn't great, but I was alright. There was loads of elements of my game that needed work. There was loads of aspects to it where I could have been taught and trained and cajoled and kicked into doing better. But in my group of friends, I was not the worst, but I lost the most. Not because of my own incompetence or inability, but just because of accumulation of factors. But there are times when you're playing and you pull off a shot and you just go, wow, there are flashes of genius in my ability and my play or for example when you see somebody else do something that you know deep in your heart you would also be great at if you had the chance that's what I mean by being a contender that you could have been a somebody so what's my problem with it well I wondered whether the idea of this is deeply rooted in any regret that I'm not more than I think I could be if you follow what I'm getting at And I'm excellent at a lot of things. And one of the things I'm really excellent at is self-deprecation. I can put myself down better than anybody else. But then, so can you. Nobody can put you down better than you can put yourself down. 
Now a lot of that stuff does come from things that have been said around you, things that have been said to you. Maybe you've had you know competitive or aggressive parents who've said horrible things to you. Maybe you've had teachers who were pointing out foibles and failings. Who knows? But whatever it is that they've said to you that's stuck, you're the only one who can repeat that and have it hurt. Somebody else can say it and you just go, yeah, I've heard that before, that doesn't hurt me now. But when you say it to yourself, it hurts. And because I'm my best critic and I say these terrible things to myself, I wonder whether these inner voices are there just to keep me in check, to you know, so that I can succumb to my lot in life. Do these voices keep me down and stop me from trying to achieve something? Or are these voices protecting me and basically saying, Degsy, if you were to go further with this, you might embarrass yourself on a more public stage and humiliation dies slowly. Is that what this is about? Now, the reason I've started thinking about this a little bit more is because I've been watching Wimbledon, the Wimbledon tournament. Now, after each match, and it didn't matter who they interviewed, each sports person had said, and anyone they interviewed about having played at Wimbledon, or even the winners and past winners, you name it, they all said the same thing. They all said, quote, it's been a lifelong dream of mine to play or win on centre court at Wimbledon. They had that passion and drive whenever they were young. You know, the, the chap who was in the men's singles final this year, um, Alcarath, he was saying, I've been playing tennis since I was four and I've wanted to play on centre court ever since then. Now, immediately I doubted that because... How the hell does a four-year-old have a concept of what centre court of Wimbledon is? They don't. So that's clearly a lie. But what he's done is he's pieced together two bits of information. One, he's been playing tennis since he was four. And two, ever since he was aware of it, playing on centre court at Wimbledon was a passion, a drive and a dream. Okay, cool. He just unfortunately melded those two sentences together to make it sound like ever since he was four, he's wanted to play on centre court at Wimbledon. He hasn't. If he claims that's what he's wanted since he was four, that wasn't what he wanted, it's what whoever was teaching him or coaching him or whatever parent was around, that's what they wanted. Now the closest I ever got to this, genuinely, I was in a band. I was the drummer in a thrash metal band, a local band that wasn't going very far and wasn't doing very much. But for three years, give or take, I truly believed that we would make it that we would get signed, that we would be rock musicians and we'd be traveling the world, peddling our particular brand of thrash metal. But why didn't we make it? Why didn't we get signed? Is it hard to break into the music industry? Did we do enough PR and advertising? Did we send off our recordings to the right people? Were the right people out there at the time to receive those recordings? When you play a niche genre of music, and okay, I'm aware that if you personally enjoy listening to thrash metal, you wouldn't consider it niche. But I would counter that argument with how many record labels actually produce records of that genre compared to how many record labels produce pop music. Not very many record companies were actually promoting thrash metal bands. So the thing was, we probably weren't canvassing the right people. And if we were canvassing the right people, whatever we had didn't shine through enough that they could have spotted that we could be somebody's. So, were we just not good enough? And I think that's the big question here. Yes, I could have been a somebody, but was I not good enough? You see, that thought comes after failure, not before. When I look back on my time in the thrash band, I was convinced 100% that we would get signed. 
even to the detriment of me studying at school and studying at college. I was so focused on this thing happening. I mean, we would practice for four hours a week. That's a lot. Now, okay, if it's a professional band, they probably practice a hell of a lot more than that. They're probably practicing every day. But then by the time you get to be professional, you've probably got the right things in place to make sure that you can practice every day and it becomes your thing to do. You get up, you have your breakfast, you go and play the drums for a bit, you come out, you have some lunch, you go and play drums for a bit more, then you go back to your day life. And then you rinse and repeat for tomorrow, hoping to get signed, doing some gigs, get in the record studio, do some recording. But the thing is, everybody has the ability and the capacity to become excellent at their chosen thing. But there can be a raft of factors that affect the outcome, not least of which is ability. But everybody has the potential ability. I realise it sounds like I'm completely contradicting myself. Everybody is born with the ability to be the best tennis player in the world. But unless that skill is nurtured, you're not really going to become the best tennis player in the world. And as I say, ability is very high up on that list. A friend of mine, he's really good at badminton. Whenever he plays with us, he absolutely thrashes us. To the point where there was one time he turned up and he was slightly injured. And still wanted to play, didn't want to let us down. And he was wearing jeans, not sports gear. And his mentality of it was... If I wear these jeans, which I really like and they're quite expensive and they're my favourite pair of jeans, I don't want to ruin them by playing badminton too hard. So I will play in my jeans because it will slow me down and make me think. And he still won. He still won. His injury was in his knee, I believe, and that's why he was wearing the trousers. He just... He was so good. I remember playing a singles game against him where he was running me left and right and left and right. And because you're defending, all I was doing was hitting the shuttlecock back to him. And he just didn't move and he was just turning his hand left and right and left and right and running me ragged. And yeah, he thrashed me. Thing is, when he steps up to the next level, he has the exact same experience that I had. Those people he's playing against are standing still while he's running left and right and left and right and being run ragged. Because that's the difference in the levels of ability. So at our level, he's absolutely wiping the floor with us. But at the next level up, he's getting beaten soundly. And the same analogy can be applied to the soccer leagues and the football leagues in the United Kingdom. There are the Premiership, Championship, League One, League Two, and then we have what are called the lower leagues. But each one of those players in each one of those teams still has to believe that they are great at what they do, because without belief, they are nothing. And there's only so much room for the best at these levels. And yet... If my friend had received the right kind of training and push when he was younger, if someone had spotted that talent, he could have been a name that we chant from the rafters when he wins gold at the Olympics. So it is really quite easy to believe you could have been a somebody, but then also to write it off as, well, I didn't get the chances, I didn't get the opportunities. So let's try and look at this in a more positive way. Because it is normal to be bad at something when you're just getting started. So if we focus on that aspect first, as in, you know, you're not just going to pick up a guitar and be amazing at it first time. It's just not going to happen. You can't get good at something without practice, practice and more practice. It's about trying to balance your progress with expected measurable outcomes along the way. As I say, the guitar takes a long time to do well. You're not going to get there in a few days. But as long as you can see that you're improving, carry on. And also, 
it's important, I feel, to build in something that is a really good measure for your success. So as an example, when I was younger and I was bored after I'd finished school and between school and college, I was just going out for bike rides and I used to live near the seaside. And along the edge of the seaside was this really long promenade that just went on for a few miles. And at one point along this particular stretch, there was a really long drag uphill that was quite steep but long. And I saw it from the distance. As I first came onto the promenade, I'm cycling along down that route. I saw it from a distance and I thought, that's where I'm going to go up. That'll be a good thing because it'll be a good measure of how good my fitness is if I can cycle to the top of that hill. And I reached this hill and I start to cycle up it. Got a quarter of the way up. The next day, got a little bit further. And then the day after and the day after and the day after. And eventually, I was able to get to the top of this steep hill. That day was proper. Throw your hands in the air. This is amazing. Yet at no point did I then think I could be a road cyclist. I could win the Tour de France. That's the difference. I got better and better at something, but I didn't have an unrealistic goal. But then is it unrealistic? Is it unfair on me? But the point is, I got to the top of that hill and my immediate thought was, right, what's my next challenge on this ride? But the thing was, once I'd done it, I had to find the next goal. It's not just a case of when you're learning the guitar, I'm going to learn three chords. Yeah, you learn those three chords and you learn how to switch between them very quickly, but you need to then find something else. You need to move on to something else. You need to improve that. You need to find different ways of playing. And that's where perseverance helps. And that's where that belief of I could have been as somebody can also help you at that particular stage. But as I say, I think you need to just accept that you're not going to be an overnight sensation at most things. And then, you know, give yourself the necessary time and patience and forgiveness to improve rather than throwing your hands up at the first sight of any disappointment. Because that's key. And also, if you're going to be lamenting something that you could have done, but you're now too old to do, I feel that you're just wasting emotional energy. Time cannot be wound back and history cannot be changed. The decisions you took at the time, they are in concrete. So what you need to do instead is to evaluate why you made those decisions. If the outcome is that you were too lazy or you were indifferent or there was any other negative spin on that, I think you need to work on reframing that and just helping yourself get over it. As I said, I could have been an amazing drummer that was going around the world playing in this band. But of course, as we all know, the story of bands is it could be that things don't work out. There's always fallings out. People come and go. You know, there's all kinds of things that can happen. So there are positives that you can take from your current life and your current existence So there's no sense in dwelling on any past. I mean, think about all those footballers, for example, who get injured before they could turn pro. Or even those footballers who turned pro got injured young and are now trying to make another career. Because where do you stop in your quest for success? Look at Lance Armstrong. Look at Ben Johnson. You know, they wanted to win at all costs. Do you want some irony on this subject, by the way? So, I'm googling this topic which is about being a contender, as in being the best at what you want to be. And I'm trying to get some research done. And I found a website that when I opened it, it was insisting on accepting cookies. But the button didn't work. And I sat there and I thought, typical. I'm doing some research in how to be the best at what you do. And even the internet webpage coder didn't work hard enough or with enough pride to test it. So it seems that being a contender is something that perhaps 
we all want to be, we all want to do, we all want to be able to stand there and say, I was the best in my field. But I think there's nobody better at being Leon Deggs than me. And I could have been a contender. But I'm actually happy where I am and how it worked out. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening.